Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, we want to start off the show thanking our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It is their grant dollars to us that help us not only produce this show, but also uh, allows us to provide uh, small business grants to the businesses in the Rhode Island Avenue and Bladensburg corridors and and beyond. Um, so big thanks to DSLBD and DHCD. Um, and this is my annual spring reminder that budget season is upon us, and we've already gone through all of the um, lead uh, oversight hearings for all the different agencies in D.C., and we're waiting for uh, Mayor Bowser to send her her draft budget to the council, and then uh, we'll begin a series of budget hearings in general for each agency. So if you have uh, District of Columbia government agencies uh, that house programs that you feel strongly about, um, this is your opportunity as a citizen of the District of Columbia to uh, testify at any of these budget hearings. So head over to DC Council uh, US, oh gosh, I have completely forgotten that um, that web URL, but just, just search for the DC Council um, and you can uh, find a whole council calendar of hearings that are coming up. Uh, so be sure to sign up as a witness to testify on behalf um, of an agency budget that you believe in. And if you uh, are interested in continuing to see progress in small business support throughout the District of Columbia, um, I highly recommend you speak up on behalf of the Department of Small and Local Business Development's budget, DSLBD, and the Department of Housing and Community Development budget, DHCD, um, with regards to um, economic development opportunities. Uh, that's my pitch for that for this year. Um, well, you may hear it one more time, but anyway, that's, that's my pitch for this week. Um, mark your calendars for April 11th, uh, porch fest on Rhode Island Avenue, um, Saturday, April 11th from 2 PM to 6 PM. Once again, live music up and down Rhode Island Avenue, Northeast, uh, visit our website, riamainstreet.org. Uh, for more information and we still have a few slots for performers uh, if you uh, know of or are a member of uh, a band or uh, some other artistic performance uh, group and are interested in participating visit our website riamainstreet.org and sign up now uh, and we'll see you all april 11th for porch fest and another exciting news uh, i've mentioned in the last couple of episodes that we are now managing the Bladensburg Road Northeast Main Street. And we're very excited about that because there's some amazing businesses on Bladensburg Road, not just uh, longtime businesses that are, are the heart of the community there, but also some exciting new businesses coming to the area. And uh, I'm so excited to interview uh, our guest today. Um, we are joined by Will Sullivan from Supreme Core Cider. Welcome, Will. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So you guys are, are the new kids on the block, as it were. 
Um, how long have you been over there now? Yeah, relatively new. So we uh, opened up our facility and our tap room in May of 2018. So we've been uh, there for coming up on two years now. Great, great. And, you know, D.C. is uh, the, the brewery and the distillery business has just blown up in D.C. over the last several years. Yeah. And and um, I'm, I'm so glad to see cider getting a, a place in the in the ecosystem here yeah so are we so um dc lacked uh any producer of alcohol um for a generation or two following prohibition um i believe the first was dc brow um and then followed by a spate of um you know additional breweries distilleries um one winery um you know and uh, now we're doing hard cider over by the arboretum so we're just off of Bladensburg Road, uh, about two blocks from the main residential entrance to the uh, to the National Arboretum, um, and so we're in a little little low lying building with a great tap room and a production space. Um, and like I said, we've been producing for almost two years there. We do a ton of variety, and uh, we've got our ciders out in D.C., uh, Maryland, and now Northern Virginia. So pretty exciting. We were lucky enough to uh, host a, a, a meeting over mm-hmm. in your space, and. Uh, I mean, what a great variety of cider you have on tap there yeah. too, uh, and and you don't um, you don't stick with just a generic cider. No, you've got you've got to talk about some of the varieties you have right now. Yeah, so we uh, we typically try to have at least ten originals on tap at our tap room at all times. Um, we've put over twenty out in the market, so you know, packaged and cans. Uh, we did some bottles at the beginning, uh, but now we're primarily cans, four packs. And so we do, um, we put, you know, at least um, two um, ciders out uh, per quarter um, that, you know, it's available in grocery stores and restaurants and bars and stuff like that. But then in our tap room, we do a ton of stuff that we don't have elsewhere. So uh, we do a lot of barrel aging, a lot of sort of experimental stuff, some infusions. So <clears throat> we did a barrel project uh, this fall, um, where we took five barrels and infused with a, each one with um, different varieties of f- fruit. Um, and so some of those we actually fermented in the barrel. So we put the, the juice and the yeast in with all the fruit, and then we fermented in the barrel. Um, and then some we took finished cider that came out of our stainless steel tanks, and we, um, you know, we put that into the barrel with the fruit. And so it's just basically macerating in there and suck- soaking up all the good flavors and everything like that. And so... You know, we do dry ciders um, for the most part, relatively very dry ciders, um, you know, and the reason we do that is uh, because, well, there's a ton of sweet stuff out on the market. I think that, um, so I don't think the market's screaming for a ton more of that. And so what we do is we take a real dry palate so that you can taste the the apple itself and sort of the the tannins and the, the structure of the apples can really express themselves on a dry palate. But also, you know, the, the, the sort of contours of the barrel. And so if we take a rum barrel, you're going to get some of that rum punchiness in there. Um, if we've aged or fermented in a whiskey barrel, it's going to be a whole separate um, unique character. And then, of course, the fruit we're using, um, you know, the character of the fruit to be able to express itself um, really comes through a lot better if you're not leaving a lot of sugar behind. Um, because in that case, you're really just tasting the sugar. So um, that's how we get our variety, and that's how we get sort of honest ciders. And, and you do everything start to finish there, right? We do, yeah. So we get the juice in from the farms. So we work with a small number of uh, farms, all within a two-hour drive from from D.C. The juice comes in. You know, we work with the orchards throughout the year. 
just in terms of sort of um, what apple varieties are being planted, how is the how is the season going, do we have a warm snap that's going to cause any issues, how are the sugars, the acids, and that kind of thing. Um, and so we work with the orchardists, <clears throat> you know, on the blends that we're going to be using throughout the year and sort of the apple availability throughout the year. Um, they press out on the farm, and then we get the juice in, and we just go into our tanks, we pitch yeast, and that's the process. And then from there, you know, we're... Um, either co-fermenting with cherries, for example. We do something called the Cherry Bloom, which is a seasonal um, that's going to be out um, this week. Um, and so, yeah, again, it's just um, fresh apple juice from the orchard, and then we uh, co-ferment with some cherry juice and, uh, um, you know, some other some other stuff that we do. And yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Is that going to be ready in time for the Cherry Blossom Festival? It is, yeah. So we're actually we're doing a canning run of that one uh, next Thursday. Great. Yeah, so Great. we'll have it in kegs, uh, kegs and cans by ne- by March seventh. We're actually going to have a little drop party at the cidery for that one. Nice. Mm-hmm. That'll be very nice. Yep. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll have to talk more about uh, pairing you guys up with a cherry blossom festival, folks. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Um, that was just sort of the whole thrust behind the cherry bloom is that you know sort of uh, if you wanted uh, early spring DC cider, that just is sort of the the one that makes sense and. Sure. Um, you know, this is the third year we've, we've done it. Uh, we've only been open for less than a year, but we actually started making our product up at Charm City Meadworks in Baltimore while our facility mm. was being built out. So we've actually done the Cherry Bloom for three years now. Okay. Um, and it's a popular seasonal. Um, it's a short run. You know, we only do one batch of it. Um, and uh, it's specifically for the Cherry Blossom season. So uh, it's a cool one. We like it. It's fun. So how did you get into this? So I got into cider when I was living in Spain after college. So I after, uh, after you know, a couple of years after graduating from college, I was, um, you know, just sort of wanted to shake things up and uh, have a little have a little change up. Um, I was sort of working a job that I felt like I could probably leave and uh, <laughs> for, a, for a while and it'd be okay. So, um, you know, so I, I saved up some money and I just I moved to Spain um, for six months and that was the plan. Um, and then I went up to the to the Basque region. Um, while I was over there and I went up there for the San Fermin festival, you know, Pamplona, that whole thing. Um, but what I discovered, which I didn't anticipate was, um, the cider scene in the Basque country, which I didn't know anything about. I didn't know it existed. Um, but basically, you know, they do uh, hard cider the way that we do beer here, which is to say it's sort of like the main, um, it's sort of the main alcoholic beverage of their culture. And so they do, big cider houses with tons of variety and their cider houses really felt like our breweries, the craft breweries that we have in the, you know, so this was, this was a, this was over 10 years ago. So the craft brewery scene was really still kind of in the middle of kind of peaking in the, in the United States, you know, it started in the early nineties and it had become a big thing and going to craft breweries at that time was something that was newer within the last decade, I guess, at least on the East coast, uh, mid Atlantic where, you know, I grew up here in the DC area. Um, and so it just reminded me of the, uh, it just reminded me of, you know, the cra- the, the really cool craft breweries that had been springing up sort of like in that period of my life. And I said, wow, you know, if someone could take this concept, um, of cider that you know, the way it's sort of done in the Basque country, not necessarily the styles, but the quality of the product plus the culture around the product, um, and bring it to, to DC, I thought it would do really great. So I've actually had this idea for quite a while before I actually did it. You know, I had a whole other you know, I was a management consultant for, for six years in between having that idea and actually doing it. Um, but you know, I wasn't alone. Um, uh, some of the, some of the great craft cideries in the United States started to spring up around that time frame, like 2010, 11, 12, 
you started to see more and more people basically taking that idea, you know, how can we, you know, how can we push the category of cider so it's not just sort of a low ABV sweet drink um, right. that you replace a light beer with every once in a while. Um, you know, take real juice, you know, uh, don't water it down, don't sweeten it up, just make real cider, make it in a ton of variety and create a cool space for people to kind of experience it and learn about it. And so, so that was the concept behind what we've done. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I think, uh, you know, we're making a lot of connections with people. Um, you know, the, when we're doing tastings, the, one of the things I hear all the time when I ask someone, hey, do you want to try some hard cider? They say, no, I don't like cider. I say, why not? And they always say, it's just too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, try ours. There's no sugar in it whatsoever. Um, and it's cool watching people's eyes open, you know, and really start to connect with the, with the category and with, uh, you know, what we're doing. And yeah. um, it continues to sort of grow and grow and grow. Um, in the United States, it's been the fastest growing segment of the alcoholic beverages market for almost a decade now. Because it's delicious. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, cider done right is really great. And, you know, um, not enough people know that, but people are get, getting hit to it and getting turned on to it. I mean, uh, chatting chatting with you um, a, f- a few weeks ago when we did, I, I, that was when I knew I wanted to make sure and have you on the show because I, I, could, I could tell by the way you were talking about it that um, you – you love this stuff yeah. and, uh, and, and you just had such interesting knowledge to share about it. Uh, and one of the things that I enjoyed about your cider selection and, uh, you've got a great, uh, uh tasting flight, um, mm-hmm. option. Yep. Um, everything was, was all unfiltered, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's, it's not like a, an unfiltered beer that there's going to be like chunks. For no, I don't know. It was, it was just, uh, really, uh, really deep flavor yeah thank you yeah i appreciate it. yeah so we don't we don't filter any of our products um we don't even own a filtering system so all of our ciders are unfiltered um uh you know the filtering process is um it's it strips some it strips a little bit of nuance out yeah. you know and yeah. so so yeah so we uh you know we just we don't do that and there's there's Quite a science to brewing in general. I, I the one time I tried to make hard cider, and my wife forbade me to ever make it in the house again oh. because um, it it needed some nutrient that mm. the the apples that I chose did not have enough of, oh. and um, so uh, it was it was unpleasant oh, really? in the house for a long time until I realized I needed that. <laughs> mm, interesting. Uh, yeah. What what was uh, what was the unpleasant how? I, it, it smelled very sulfuric. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody, hmm. somebody said, uh, I, that it smelled like rhino farts. <laughs> yeah. So that happens when the yeast gets stressed. Right. Yeah. And so when the yeast are starving. Yeah. Right. Not, not, so, a, not enough good stuff. Right. So. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, my, my one attempt at making cider, I'll never do it again. And I will always come drink it at your place. Great. Well, <laughs> I encourage you to, to try to make it again. But if, uh, you know, if you substitute that process with coming to our place all the time, I'll support that as well. <laughs> I am just going to leave these things to the pros. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you, you also have a lot of events at your space yeah. in addition to delicious cider. Yeah, we uh, do. Well, so we have a great space, you know, so we, you know, we have tap room hours on the weekend, uh, now, um, we'll start extending that to the weekdays when the weather gets a little bit warmer, but, uh, you know, we're, um, so we're open every Saturday and Sunday. We always have food trucks or pop-up vendors. We do a lot of cool stuff since, 
special. So we're doing, you know, we're doing a leap day special uh, this, you know, coming Saturday, uh, February 29th, obviously leap day, um, where, you know, you buy a, buy a pint and you get a taster for free. And then we're uh, introducing our cider towers, which we're really excited about a little bit of group, a little bit of group drinking, um, at our place. Um, this Sunday we have, uh, we have a promotion for Justin Bieber's birthday. Of course, <laughs> March 1st, you have to respect, give respect, respect is due. So the Biebs is getting a little, little, sh- little shout out to half off pints on that day. And then if you bring a Canadian passport, you get a free pour. Wow. Yeah. So we, do, we like to do a lot of fun stuff at the tap room. Um, and then, yeah, we host a lot of, you know, we host uh, obviously private events there. Like people do weddings and, you know, baptism parties and ornaments parties and all that kind of stuff. And then we, um, uh, you know, and then we open up the space for like community type stuff as well. So, you know, we've had a couple community meetings and things like that for uh, local sort of nonprofits and organizations. Yeah, and like us. Yeah, like you guys. <laughs> um, and then we also work with uh, with a couple uh, other nonprofit organizations around town. So we'll, we'll have events, for example, like product drop events where, you know, if it's a ticketed event, we'll donate a um, portion of the proceeds to, for example, Fresh Farm yeah. um, has a, a nutrition uh, security program, you know, to help uh, make sure that uh, sort of lower income um, residents of the district are getting the right kinds of food, not just the right quantity of food, you know. Um, so we work with them. Um, we also work with them at the farmers markets here in D.C. as well. So those are cool partnerships that we've developed. Very nice. Yeah. And I, I um, noticed that um, I think on March 10th you have an event coming up with <clears throat> B-Lynn Catering. Is that? Uh, so B-Lynn, uh, no, not not this. So we worked with B-Lynn a bunch in the past. They do a lot of the catering for um, some of the private events that we do. And for a while they were actually um, doing, um, they've done a couple pop-ups. You know, for, you know, so our anniversary party, they did a little arc where they were doing the food for gotcha. about three months over the summer last year for us. Um, so, yeah, we work a ton with them. So, yeah, B-Lynn is a, <clears throat> B-Lynn's a company. It's a catering company um, that started on Rhode Island Avenue was their original location. And they moved into the building off Bladensburg where we are um, about the same time that we moved in there. Yeah. So they're a great great dc company as well you're surrounded by good neighbors yeah we are yeah and then on the other side we have uh small plains roastery which is uh it's a coffee roasting company that's um owned by the same guys who do peregrine espresso so yeah it's a cool building very cool so uh besides the the cherry brew what what else do you have cooking up for uh for your next round of uh so well so we're we're doing a ton of barrel um so we've we've had um a a lot of product aging in barrels for anywhere between three months to a year and a half. And so we're breaking a ton of stuff out of barrels right now. We're kind of reshuffling our barrel program. Um, we've got like 40 barrels sitting filled with liquid. And so we've just gone through the process in the last few weeks of going through and testing and seeing, you know, how things are turning out. And then we've spent the last few weeks, um, you know, kegging it up. Um, and we've got probably another couple months to go. Um, of getting all of that barrel, all the, you know, that cider out of those barrels and into kegs. And so that's really cool. Um, we've got one that uh, was the first barrels that we um, put liquid in a year and a half ago that uh, is going to be on the tap. It's going to be on tap for the first time this weekend. Oh, wow. And it's called World's Greatest Eric. It's named after our first cider maker. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, really amazing. It's sort of a self-clarified um, cider. So you mentioned that our ciders are unfiltered. This one looks doesn't look like it is. Mm. It looks like it's filtered because it's been sitting in barrels so long that all the sediment dropped out. And you just have this real pure, clean, oh, amazing, wow. oaky, 
um, cider that's borderline wine-like, which most of our ciders are not, but uh, this one's really neat. Um, and then I talked about all the fruit, fruit infused stuff that we're doing as well. So we're going to have a lot of really interesting things going on at the tap room in terms of our next canning. So we're canning our flagship pound of gold, our ginger lime, and our cherry bloom. Um, we also have a barrel-aged uh, vanilla-infused version of the cherry bloom that we're going to do at the tap room. That's going to be cool. Um, and then in a month, about a month from now, we're doing something called the Sense of Wit, which is an orange coriander um, nice. cider that we're doing as sort of our late spring drop. Um, and then we've got a bunch of summers that we're doing. So we got we got a berry cider um, called the Deck Fruit. Um, uh, we've got something called the Yellow Yacht, which is a uh, it's a lemon sea salt cider. Cool. Uh, we did that one last year. It's really cool. Um, yeah. So we've got a bunch of a uh, bunch of stuff going on. Uh, you know, always you know we always try to mix it up and keep it keep it cool. So we. You know, we have two things that we do year-round. We have our ginger lime and our flagship, and then everything else is just kind of rotating around it seasonally. Um, so far as the stuff we do in cans and in the tap room, it's just anybody's guess at all times. Tons of barrel-aged stuff. All sorts of little experiments that we're doing to Wait, try to get uh, in front of people. Where can, where can we find the cans? So in D.C., um, you know, we're... Uh, we're kind of all over the place. I mean, we're, um, <clears throat> you know, we have a bunch of tap lines throughout the city, but in terms of getting the cans, I mean, you can go to any of the Yes, you know, the yes Organic Markets, gotcha. go to Mom's, go to Glenn's, um, and then just a ton of different bottle shops around the city carry us as well. Perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. Uh, and you are located at, uh, you're on T Street Northeast, 20, yep. 2410? 2400 T Street Northeast. Yep. So we're two blocks from the main entrance to the National Arboretum. And uh, for those of you familiar with it, they're right around the corner from the MPD yep. uh, substation there on Bladensburg Road. Um, and, you know, pretty decent parking in the area. Yeah, so it's good parking. Um, obviously, like, Uber's a great way to come. Uh, we're right next to the City Bikes Rack um, as well. At the end of the weekend, we always have a bunch of scooters sitting outside <laughs> of our place. Um, Smart. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, we got ample parking. It's pretty easy to drive to our place and park. No hassles. It's an unzoned neighborhood. Uh, the parking's not zoned, and um, we've got a ton of parking right in front of our building. So Lots of bus routes go past there. There's tons of bus routes, yep. All sorts of options to make sure that you stay safe yep. after enjoying your cider. Exactly right. All right. Uh, well, Will, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. Um, if uh, folks want to find out more about Supreme Core Cider um, website, yeah, so website is supremecorecider.com. Best way to keep in touch is uh, to follow us on Instagram at Supreme Core Cider or Facebook at Supreme Core Cider or Twitter, Sip Supreme Core. We c- too many letters <laughs> by one letter to keep that consistent, which is really annoying, but anyway, um, that's the best way to do it. Actually, that's the second best way to do it. The best way to do it is to come to our tap room there and say go. hi. There you go. 2400 T Street Northeast, Supreme Core Cider. Love the love the play on words there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and hands down, some of the best cider I've ever had. Well, so. thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, Kyle, thanks very much for having me on the show. That's our pleasure. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you again next time.